You guys alive out there? Man, I'm so thankful uh, you guys are in the house on Labor Day. May not the lake. Can you believe that? You're like, that ain't happening, dude. Man, I say if you're new with us, thanks for being here today. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here. I believe God has put you here on purpose. This divine appointment, I believe today is going to be very special in the life of our church. And so if you're new with us, I want to say welcome home. Man, it resounding. We love you. I'm honored you're here today. So thanks for being in our house, especially on Labor Day. Come on, dude. I love that. I know we got some new people out there, so I love you guys. Hey, uh, I'm going to let you know we're finishing the series up. This is the last part of a five-part series, and this series has been so important and so powerful in the life of our church. Maybe going through some of our core values and what we really believe deeply inside of our church. And we start off talking about what the church loves the next generation. We know the average person comes to Christ between the age 11 and 14. And what if we're to reach the next generation so they go further and farther and faster than we did? Maybe we celebrated so big with our teens, our young people. But I want you to know we have over 25 young people, teens, serving on our dream team, our servants in this church, every single week that make a difference. I'm telling you, it's the young people, they're leaders of today, not of tomorrow. We're passionate about reaching the next generation. There you go. Give it up. What's crazy, we have more people serving on the dream team and, and on a Sundays with the teenagers and in youth group. Isn't that crazy? Like they're serving and making a difference, and that's what makes them connect and stay in our church. And man, it's just been incredible to see what God's doing. Like, I was a youth pastor 10 years, so I can say all this. I love it all. But man, but what if we're a church that loves our neighbor? What if the gospel went outside of ourselves and we occupied our street? What if we hung out with people who look nothing like Jesus? Because guess what? That's where Jesus is hanging out, right? And we start inviting those people to God, and we ask you to give us two Sundays a year, two out of 52. Say, so, hey, just invest in people's lives, care about them serving. There'll be two Sundays a year, we'll, we'll ask you, hey, bring somebody that's far from God. It's going to be a good Sunday. You know, it's gonna be, we'll give you a little heads up when that time happens. So we invite you to share the gospel with people. We talk about the gospel crosses lines. The gospel's for all people. We had Mission Sunday celebrated big with our trips all over the world this last summer. We talked about our missionaries in Africa making a difference, man, crossing lines to bring people to Jesus instead of drawing lines to keep them out. Man, what the church loved all people. Man, last week, very good job talking about what the church builds others. Man, we're here to build people up. We are passionate about empowering and equipping and releasing people into the kingdom of God. We want to change the spiritual landscape of our city. Today, I believe it's going to be a powerful morning. We're going to talk about something that is near and dear to our hearts, to God's heart. We're going to talk about what the church loves to pray. I mean, what the church loves to pray. I don't know about for most of us, like, love to pray. Like, I don't know if that would be a word or a sentence used in my life. I think for all of us who think, well, I don't know if I need to pray. I'm going to tell you something. We're in a real battle. There's a battle that's going on that we can't even see. There's a battle that most everybody in your life probably doesn't even know about. We, we kind of have something going inside of our own hearts, but we show up on church, right? We have our Sunday best. Come on, somebody. I'm like, how are you doing? I'm doing great, pastor. I'm too blessed to be stressed. Come on, you know what I'm talking about. Praise God. How's God? He's good, baby. All the time he's good. I'm justified, sanctified, glorified, whatever, right? You got all that stuff going on. I mean, it's just perfect. Smile ear to ear, but on the inside, right? Something else is happening. I mean, there's that public profile we put on on Instagram and Facebook, and we put all that out there around people, but on the inside, our private profile, right? We get home, we're alone in the day. Man, there's some anxiety. There's like a stress level that's happening. You know what I'm talking about. Some of you are stressed to the nine. Some of you guys got some angst. Some of you guys live in a, in a state of panic. And I, I've been there where you can't sleep at night. You're, you're worried about stuff happening. There's things in your life you're not, you can't control. And you're, you're, you're wondering, am I going to make it through this season? And so what do you do when anxiety happens? Like what do you do with all this stress in your life? And I love what the Bible says. There's a, a passage in Philippians chapter four that, that Paul penned, but he wrote it through the Holy Spirit. And when the Holy Spirit spoke to him, he didn't speak to Paul on the mountaintop. He spoke to Paul in the valley in a prison cell. 
And so he's speaking to Paul, and he's chained to a Roman guard 24-7, and Paul is in this constant state of uncertainty. He has no idea what's going to happen tomorrow, if his life's going to be taken from him, is going to be executed, no idea what's going to happen. But under this duress, God spoke to Paul and wrote these words that are so powerful for our life today. It's found in Philippians chapter 4. If you have your Bible, it says this. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always, and I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but what? Let's say it together, but what? But in every situation, come on, in every situation, in any case, in any moment in life, whatever you're going through, whatever battle is in front of you, whatever season you're in, whatever prison cell, whatever guard you're chained to, in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, what do we do? We make a request known to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Man, in every situation, we're gonna take it to God. Let's do that this morning. Father, we come before you. God, I pray, God, that your spirit, God, would speak to us. God, you'd comfort us. You'd build us. You'd build our faith in you this morning, God, by the truth of your word. God, we pray for something supernatural to happen that only can happen from you. God, the peace of God will rule in our hearts today. God, some of us had the peace of God in a long time, but today we're praying. We walk out here changed and experience your peace. It only comes from you and praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, say amen. We get there today. Amen. We're going to get there. I love it. Hey, have you guys ever had one of those lights thrown on your dashboard, a little red light? You know what I'm talking about? Anybody like that? That annoying little light that pops up? Just me? I get them all the time. Some of you guys' cars look like Christmas trees. You're not lying to me right now. It's like lit up. And some of you guys, you, you like have a light on. You don't even care. You're like, this light's been on for four years. This car still runs. Come on, somebody like that. You know what I'm talking about? Who needs a parking brake? I mean, who needs a transmission? Those things are totally red. I don't know what you do when your light turns on, but that light is a signal. It is an indicator telling you there's a problem somewhere inside the vehicle. I've owned a lot of vehicles, a lot of lights. I'm just used to it. But if you're wise, you would take it to the dealership, right? And you have that person who knows about the car fix your car. He, he designed it. That person put it together. They manufactured it. They, they wired it all up. And so they know they can diagnose the problem. They can fix it for you. I'm not too cheap for that, right? I see a light come on. I'm like, dollar sign, dollar sign. Dollar sign. <sighs> I think five thousand. That's my. That's my. I see a light. I think five thousand dollars. Like, dude, there it goes. I'm done. It's over for me. But for wise in our own lives, you know what anxiety is? It's an indicator. When you have stress in your life, it's a signal to you that it's time to pray. That's your signal. You need to go to God in prayer. When you have stress in your life, you're like, man, I got to take that to God. You know, if we're wise in those moments when we're stressed out, we would go to our creator, right? We'd go to our designer, our manufacturer who built us and put us together and say, God, hey, I don't know what's going on. There's something broken on the inside. I don't know what it is. I can't figure it out, but God, I need your help. I'm going to go to you, man. What if the church that loved to pray? I'm going to tell you something. If it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. Amen. I mean, it's on, our, it's on our minds. It's in God's heart. I'm telling you, so much we're walking through every day, stressing out, stressing out. I Man, I can think of situations all the time I walk into that I'm stressed out about. Some of you guys are living in a constant state of stress. Come on, somebody. And you've got anxiety and you're fearful and you're worried and there's insecurities in the inside. We're secret, secretly afraid. Maybe there's this, uh, this confidence on the outside, like, oh, they got all together. But on the inside, you're like, dude, I've got some, I've got some struggles. And so this morning, we're going to talk about what the church loved to pray. Some of you guys have asked the question, man, how do we actually pray? You ever wondered that? How do you pray? I mean, some of you guys grew up in a time where, like, you had to think you had to pray, like, in KJV terms. You know what I'm talking about? Like, hearken to your old God, you know? Like, have that will be done, you know, on earth as in heaven. You're speaking this old English. Or maybe I pray, and you're thinking, man, how do I land the plane? Is like Jesus with three syllables like that preacher does. Like, Jesus, uh, you know? Like, do I, do I do that? Like, do I fall asleep when I'm praying? Does it count, you know? Like, do I get in, like, spiritual time out for, like, seven or eight weeks? Like, anybody fall asleep praying? Come on. <laughs> it's like, the, you, if you cannot sleep, 
pray, <laughs> right? I mean, like, how do you land the plane? Like, how do you actually do this? And I know for a lot of us, like, man, I don't, I don't know. Like, I don't know how to pray. And I, I know, like, I go to huddles. Like, we have a huddle. Like, all, every, every department has a huddle before we serve on Sunday. And you're like, hey, guys, who wants to pray? And it's like, don't, look, don't make contact with the pastor. He's going to call me out. You know, and you, I can't make, I'm off those two dry to make cricket sounds. I can't do it, man. Come back next gathering. <laughs> I'll make cricket sound. I'll make it later. I'll get there for you. But man, this is nothing happened. Like nobody wants to pray. You're like, come on, you can do it. Like, oh man, it's so intimidating. You know what it is? You've been around that one person has the gift of prayer. You know what I'm talking about? They start praying and like the clouds part, heaven opens. There's like a direct connection to God. People are getting healed. People are getting saved. You know what I'm talking about? Demons are casted out. Marriages are healed. All those things are happening. They start quoting the Bible, right? There's, there's like no weapon formed against you will prosper. And you're like, oh Lord Jesus, you know? And they pull out the Isaiah 40, 30. You know what I'm talking about. Those who wait upon the Lord, they'll renew their strength. They'll mount up on wings of eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You're like, there's no way I'm praying, dude. Like, I don't have what that guy's got. Like, but I don't know where he got that. I'm just new, man. I don't know anything about the Bible, you know? Like, you go and pray, bro. There's one spiritual leader. Like, you all, somebody, there's somebody in your life like that, right? They can just throw it out there. I don't know who it is. I, not me. It's somebody else, right? I grew up, when I, I was a teenager, I started going to church. And I remember hanging out and I'm like, going to bring the Bible and all these people knew this stuff. There's Christian kids. You're like, dude, punks. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. Seriously. I'm reading the book of Job and I'm praying for a job. I'm serious. Like, I talked to my friend. I'm like, Job, I'm reading about jobs, you know, like in the Bible. And it's like, dude, you're way off. I'm like, dang it, okay. And there's like Malachi, you know what I'm talking about. I'm reading all these Bible I'm like, why is there old and a New Testament? Like, can you just make one? Like, it's just, what, I don't know. And when did I start adding numbers? That's a pun, by the way, because there's no, you know, the verse references. And, okay, you'll get it later. And if you don't get it, dude, so glad you're here because that was me, you know? Like, when they started, and we do those sword drills, I'm like, it's a book. It's not a sword. Like, what are we doing here? And they, they flip on their Bible, and all those church kids, little punks, man, I'm serious. They got those little tabs in there with these three letters. I'm like, I don't even know what you're talking about. I, I, never, I didn't want anything in, in high school, any, anything when it came to sword drills or Bible verses or nothing. I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So you may, it's intimidating to pray. I get it. Like, man, where do I start? What do I do? Man, how do we pray? I love what it says, Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation. Man, in everything we do, we're going to pray about it because God cares about us. He says, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Man, here's what we do. Present your request to God. Man, it's real simple. You present your request to God. I love what it says in the grief. A better, maybe a better way of saying it is let your needs be known to God. Man, let your needs be known to God. You're like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to say. It's just so difficult. Like there's these spiritual worries. There's all the ninjas and, and pastor he prays and people are shouting. Like I pray and like, I don't know what I'm saying. I, I stumble words and what are you supposed to do? Like, how do you do it? Let your, let your needs be known to God. What does that look like? Come on. It's real simple. Just let your needs be known to God. Just go to him in your own way. You have to do it like a prayer ninja. You don't have to be like me or anybody else. Do it your way. Go to God on your terms. Tell him how it is. Just say, God, I'm just feeling this way today. God, I don't know how to deal with this in my life. I don't know what this looks like for me. You know, it's real simple. Just go to God. Each of my, each of my kids, they come to me in unique ways. I've got, I've got three kids. That's very shocking to some people. Like, you have three? Like, I'll explain that. But um, no, she's not pregnant. We'll start with that one. But anyway... Um, I have three kids. They all come to uniquely. Like my oldest, she's 25. Uh, she, she's adopted, but she's 25. You're looking at me weird. Like, what's going on? Um, she's married. She's down in Springfield. Um, and you know what? She comes to me in a very unique way. She texts me. Uh, it's always uh, a long text, and it's real loving and kind because she's trying to get something. No, I'm just kidding. And, um, but it's always late. 
She's like, she's like the late communicator. Anybody got like a late communicator in your life? This is how we work with God, you know, like, oh God, I need you. My, the thing blew up, you know. She's that late communicator and it's cool. We, we, we love it, you know. And then uh, Jack, he's almost three and he's a politician. I'm telling you what, man, that guy, he knows how to get what he wants. You know, you've been around my boy. Like he, he says one word and he's manipulated everybody. And I'm like a sucker for this. I mean, he says like this. So like, he'll say like park. I'm like, oh, you want to go to the park? Okay. Like burrito. You want, oh, burrito, you want burrito? Okay. Blippi, you, oh, oh, you want to watch Blippi? Okay. Like he's, I just keep falling for it. I'm a guy. I'm just dumb. He's got me manipulated. I was like, you hang out with your mom too much. You need to stop doing this, you know? Like he's a politician over there. I'm just kidding, babe. I love you. And then our youngest, Emery, she just turned one. And her way of communicating is really, it's awesome right now. She's, she's walking around. She stands tall, puts her head back, puts her hand out. She has that tiss. It's like this, but she can't say the TH. She whispers. She does I'm like, all right, she wants that. She knows what she wants. She's a woman who knows what she wants. She's one years old. She's tell, she rules the house. You know what I'm talking about. But we all communicate in different ways, don't we? And I'm just telling you, like, when you talk to God, talk to God your way. Maybe you got to shout it at God. You got to sing it. Some of you guys just sing in your car looking like a fool. I pull up next to you like, oh, man, they're into it. They love what they're doing. Some of you guys are like, man, you just got to celebrate to God. Some of you guys are angry at God. I'm going to tell you something. God can handle it when you're upset, dude. He can handle the temple tantrum, right? He can handle it. You start yelling at God, I cannot believe this. It's like, okay, talk to God in your own way. I'll tell you what, I love it when my kids ask me for help. I don't know if you're a dad in the house and your kid calls you up and, hey, can you help me with this? Like, yeah, sure, I'll drive down there and put an alternator in the car, you know, or Jack comes to me, can you glue my windshield back on my helicopter, daddy? You know, it's like, oh, I love the smell of glue. Let's go, son. You know, I'm just kidding. But we love it, right? We love helping out. We love being in that spot. How much more does your heavenly daddy love when you talk to him? How much more does your heavenly daddy love when you go to him and say, God, man, I got this on my heart. Like, I don't know what to do with it. I'm struggling. God, I've got this stress. Like, I can't control these finances. God, I need your help. How much more does God want to help you in your time of need? Now, I'm going to tell you something. Uh, there's a verse I want to share with you in, in 1 Peter 5, 6, man. It's about how do we handle our anxiety? Man, how do we handle our anxiety in our life? 1 Peter 5, 6 says this, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand. Man, humble yourself under God's hand. Only focus on God's hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety, man, all your stress, all the weight in your life, all your fear. Cast it on God because he cares for you. Man, how do we do this? We humble ourselves. I'm gonna invite Sarah up here to play on keys because I'm gonna do that for her. But because um, the spirit speaks when the keys are playing. You know what I'm talking about. So anyway, but I'm gonna say this. Man, my story, man, I gotta humble myself every single day. I'm the kind of guy, I like to work hard. I, I put the, the car in like fifth gear, you know, and just go, right? I'm rolling. And so I'm just moving fast, moving fast, moving fast. And so often in my life, I can do it my way. Like I can say, no, God, I got this. I'm so busy. I've got this stuff in front of me. And I'm no different than anybody else in this room. My story is no different. We all live in a real world. We're all broken. We're all, we're all sinful people. And you know what? Like I'm a sheep like everybody else, right? I'm a man in the role. And so I'm not some like spiritual like superhero. I don't have everything all together. So I'm just going to be real with you this morning. Can I be real with you? I'm not looking for a pity party or nothing. I'm just going to share. Like I've got anxiety in my life. Come on, somebody. If you don't, if you don't have anxiety, raise your hand. Come on. We're a good company. You don't have anxiety? It's, just trick. it's a trick question. I shouldn't do that. But, but anyway, I've got anxiety. You know? You go to my house, guess what? My washer, you put the clothes in and it washes like maybe like one third the time. It just goes crazy and freaks out. You got to wash like that, right? Like, I'm like my life just like things fall apart. Like I go outside, I don't know, my truck always comes up in every story, but the door, like it just sags like an inch and a half. You can't even shut the door of my truck. I mean, last week it stayed open the whole time during church. I was like, thank God there's a good Christians here. Nobody stole anything out of my truck. Come on, you know, but you got to get it shut. You got to lift it up and hip it in, you know, like boom, people looking at you like, oh my gosh. And you know, on the inside, you can't, I mean, you can't lift that sucker. You just, bah! You know, 
whatever. That was weird. But yeah, so that's, that's my life, right? I've got weeds in the lawn just like everybody else. And it's like, oh, it's terrible. But man, who's got time for that, right? But, but seriously, on a serious note, man, my life is just crazy busy, you know? I mean, you got two kids running around. They're just, this little psycho terrorist, you know? Things are blowing up everywhere. The tornado comes through. You can't stay ahead of these guys. It's just crazy. And then the church world, like uh, we have office in my house, you know? And then uh, sometimes the day starts super early and we'll work till like midnight. You know, we got meetings at night and stuff happens. And my wife, she works full time at Children's Mercy Hospital. She's, she's in a different different world than I am completely, but she's full-time at church, but free, you know, paid staff, not non-paid staff. Come on, somebody, you know. So she's she's just working like crazy, you know. So it's just dancing life, and then something happens, like one thing throws you off kilter, and you're like, the stress level is getting there, and you're trying to take ground from Satan, and you just feel like you just can't get enough done, and in leadership, you always feel like you're letting somebody down. Come on. You know, there's so much you could do, but there's only so much time in the day, and I mean, you just feel like the pressure, like there's a weight you carry, and there's a weight you guys carry, and you guys feel that, right? You feel that every single day, and what you're trying to accomplish and, and what you're doing, you, you take it on yourself, and I mean, there's just some anxiety that's in your life. And this last week, I had a, a great opportunity to serve in our, in our city uh, in a leadership position. Somebody came to me and said, hey, you want to do this? And my first response was, I don't have time for that. I'm stressed. I mean, the anxiety started kicking in. Like, I got to be in how many meetings a year? Like, what, what are we doing again? And I started freaking out. So I was like, well, let me pray about it, right? <laughs> let me pray about it. Let me see what I can do. And so I talked to some overseers. And I'm like, what would you do in this circumstance? So like, you're a fool if you don't do that. <laughs> You're a complete idiot if you don't do that. I'm like, okay, I'm understanding really clearly. I'm a guy, right? Like, you need to take this opportunity. What a great opportunity to pass your city. And so I, I came back and said, you know what? I'll, I'll gladly do it because here's why, I, here's why I'm learning. I always got to learn this. This is something I struggled with my entire life. I mean, I cannot perform my way to what God wants to do. I cannot perform my way to where God wants me to go. I cannot perform my way, but I can pray the way. I can pray the way because there's not enough time today, but God can make time. But God can get it done. But God can bring the right person along. So I'm going to pray first. I'm going to tell you something real honest with you. I do not want to grow my family. As a matter of fact, I don't even want to grow this church. I want something better than that. I want God to grow my family and I want God to grow this church. I don't want this church built on my power or something I can do in my strength or my ability. I don't want it built on a name of a person. I want to build on the name of Jesus, the God, Jesus for our church. And so I've got to get out of the way. I've got to lead the way of prayer. Like, I don't want to be the person that says, look what I did, Jesus. I get to the end of my life and go, well, that was manpower. Not much there. I want to get to my life and be like, only God could have done that. Only God could have made that happen. It's only gonna be through his power, through prayer, that we're gonna go anywhere where God wants us to go. Man, my greatest fear in life is to do something that doesn't count for God. It's just to spend my life, just to waste it on myself, just to do things only I can do. Man, we're nothing without the power of God leading the way in our lives. Man, so often we're taking the weight of the world. We're taking the weight of the world. We're putting it on our shoulders. But you know what? Jesus died for the weight of the world. You don't have to carry that weight. Jesus wants to take it from you this morning. Man, it's Labor Day weekend. You guys spend 40% of your wake hours working. Is that depressing? That just was depressing, right? We spend the major, almost the majority of our time awake serving and working for a cause. And I'm gonna tell you something, you're not gonna perform your way to where God wants you to go at your work, but you can pray the way for where God wants you to go at your work. God has called you to where you're at today. You may not believe that, but God's called you and placed you on purpose. And so this morning, I want you to know when you walk into your job and when you serve and make a difference, I mean, don't do it in your power. Do it in God's power. Do it in God's timing. Do it the way God wants to do in your life. Put God first by everything. Be anxious for nothing, but in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, bring, make your request known to God. Man, you get anxiety in your life, guess what? It's a signal. 
it's a warning light in your dash going, bring it to the manufacturer. It's time as a church that we started to pray, that we loved to pray. I would, walk to, I would love to walk into a huddle and somebody says, who wants to pray? And it's like, well, I'm gonna pray this week. You prayed last week. Is that gonna happen? I mean, it needs to happen because we don't want God to go before us. We wanna be on our knees in prayer because God does the work. We don't do anything. We just show up. We're a part of his story. We stand in his shadow. We gather away and it's his name that we're making famous. We're paving the way for people to know Jesus. Man, if you feel down, maybe you feel depleted, you feel helpless, you're full of anxiety, man, 1 Peter 5, 6, we talk about humble yourselves therefore under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Man, if you know the context of Peter's life, this verse would be totally different. See, he said, God's hand will lift you up in due time because he cares about you. See, here's what Peter knew. Peter knew, and long before he wrote this, that he was in a boat one day with his disciples, Jesus' disciples, and he saw Jesus stand on the water and he had the audacity to climb out of the boat. <laughs> Come on, somebody. I have a boat. You cannot walk on water, but, but Peter's like, I'm gonna walk to Jesus. And so he puts his eyes on Jesus and he starts walking on water. And all of a sudden he starts seeing all the waves and the storm, and guess what? He gets some anxiety, he gets some fear. He takes his eyes off Jesus, and what happens? He starts to sink. But Jesus didn't look at Peter and go, Peter, I mean, you're such a failure. And why'd you even get out of the boat? You should try harder. If you're a better person, you know what Jesus did? He reached out his hand and said, come here, I'm gonna lift you up out of this water because I care about you. I'm telling you something, God is reaching out to you this morning. The problem is not that we're sinking because we are all sinking. Come on, somebody. We are all living this life, just swimming, trying to make it through, but God is reaching out to us. The problem is we're not reaching back to him. We're not reaching out to him saying, God, I wanna look to you. God, I need you in my life. Where life is full of anxiety and we start freaking out instead of saying, God, take care of it. We're like, oh, I gotta control it. I gotta get out of this mess myself. I got myself in here. I'm gonna get myself out of here. But instead of saying, God, I need your help. God, I can't do it without you. So Peter's saying, man, I'm gonna cast my, cast my fear, cast my doubt, cast my anxiety on Jesus this morning. Man, I'm gonna give you a little, um, little secret in this message. I'm gonna have the band come up. But we're gonna all raise our hands in this message and surrender to Jesus. And some of you are like, that is outside my comfort zone. Like, I'm not that dude, man. I grew up in the conservative Baptist world. I'm not raising any hands, man. I'm tapping this pew. You know what I'm talking about? Just pew tappers. You know what I'm talking about. But man, I believe this, and, and you guys do it all the time anyway, man. The, the world's won the World Series. Come on. You're chest bumping friends. You didn't even know. You're like, yeah, you're just going crazy. Or Patrick Mahomes last year. Come on, we won a playoff game in the Chiefs' kingdom. We were lifting our hands. We were going crazy. We're going to do it at church today. And I believe this in the church world, it symbolizes two things. One, it symbolizes surrender. Like, I'm surrendered to you, God. Like, you can have my life. You can take it. And the second thing is a symbol of victory. Like, God's got this. And so I believe it's going to happen this morning. We raise our hands as a symbol of surrender that God is going to let you know you have the victory. That there's a big weight that you carry that you can give to Jesus and you can cast your fear and your doubt on him. He's going to carry it for you. He did that across the Calvary. And you're going to have a little backpack burden. You have a little burden, but you're gonna give God the big burden. You're gonna walk out of here changed, and the peace of God is gonna rule in your life today. You don't have the power to control everything in your life, but you always have the power to surrender to God. You have the power to surrender to God, because I'm telling you something, we're not in control. We don't make anything grow. We don't make anything change around us. What we do is we surrender ourselves to the one who is in control, amen? He can take it. I promise you, in your life, you can't change enough circumstances to be happy. You can't take enough medication. You can't go to enough counseling. You can't do this on your own. You gotta have God's power in your life. We gotta put God before us. We gotta pray first. We gotta put that, that heartbeat in our church. We gotta be church full of prayer because God wants to do something in our life and through us. We can take it to God. We can go to our dad and say, Dad, I don't, I don't, I don't have it all together. Like my washer's broken, my car's falling apart, my fancies look sideways, but God, I'm just trusting you. God, you can just take this. God, I'm gonna walk beside you. This may not be an easy road, but God, I'm, I know you're with me. I'm gonna walk in victory today. God, my eternity is secure. God, help me in this race today. God, I want you to stand to your feet today. 
as we prepare to just give God the weight that's on our heart this morning. May just give it to God in your own way this morning. We're just going to prepare ourselves to give it to Him. Man, let your needs be known to God. Whatever God's put on your heart, whatever anxiety you're going through, we're gonna present our request to God. We're gonna humble ourselves. Man, if I need help, come on, somebody. And if you know me, you know I need help. If I need help, man, we all need help. We're all in a battle for something bigger than what we can see. Maybe nobody else knows about it. But in 1 Peter 5, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast your anxiety on him because he cares for you. But I love this idea of casting. It means to throw. It means to release, and ultimately means to surrender to God. This morning, we're gonna cast our care on him. We're not gonna be the church that tries to do it on our own. We're not gonna write our story. We're not gonna grow our family. We're not gonna grow our church. We're gonna have God grow our family. We're gonna have God be the center of our church. We're gonna change everything from the inside because we're gonna cast on him. And don't do what we're gonna try to do. We're gonna take it right back 12 seconds later, right? We're gonna throw it and go, no, no, I need that, I need that. We're gonna break the cycle. You know, it starts out, we feel anxious, and then we're gonna control stuff, and then we gather more stuff around us, and we're gonna control it, control it, and then all of a sudden we realize we can't control it, and we get more anxious, and so we gotta control more stuff, and more stuff, and more stuff, and we feel more anxious, and the whole time we haven't even turned to God at all. The whole time we never prayed once. We never said, God, I need your help. God, you're the center of it. We just made it all about all we can do. And I'm gonna tell you something, man's power is exhausting, but God's power is exhilarating. God wants to do something you can't do on your own in your life today. I mean, if you're anxious this morning about anything, about your family, about your kids, maybe it's a job situation, maybe it's aging parents, maybe it's finances, whatever you're anxious about, man, that's a signal that it's time to bring it to God in prayer. In Philippians 4, man, be anxious about nothing, but by but bring every request to God by prayer, petition, and by thanksgiving. Man, we're gonna have the God of peace that transcends all understanding. That will guard our hearts and minds in Christ. Jesus, I'm gonna tell you something this morning, you can walk out of your change. There's something supernatural that's about to happen in this place because when you lift your hands and surrender and you truly give what's on your heart to Jesus, there's a peace of God that you can't get somewhere else. The world can't supply it, but the good news is the world didn't give it to you and they can't take it away this morning. So I'm gonna ask you simultaneously, Man, some of you out of your comfort zones. Come on, let's lift our hands to Jesus this morning. Let's put our hands in the air. Let's give it to Jesus. Let's lift them up high and say, God, you can take this. Man, I'm gonna pray this over this morning. Father, we pray.